You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am coming to you from the back of our horse trailer at over two acres ranch. I am Glenda Geek from from today in Morriston, Florida. Oh, wow. Look at you. New city. I'm J.B. Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Wednesday, January 17th, episode 3345. Good morning, horse people. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We have a breed highlight, and you know, usually Jamie and I know a little bit about the breed uh, that we're going to be talking about, or we at least heard of them in the past. That isn't true. Or I had like a plastic <laughs> toy growing up with yeah. this breed. Not not today. Not today. We have the North American, how did you say we're going to say it? Destrier. Destrier horse. And uh, Cade can correct us later when we're pronouncing that wrong. But we're going to find out about that. Uh, and Dr. Christie hopefully is going to be here today to talk about foaling season, a reschedule. We're going to try again. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try that again. Do you have weird news? Uh, yeah, I have a, a little bit of weird news. Okay, good. Well, we're going to do that today, too. And well, I don't know. We'll do an alter post show. So just as I called you for the pre-show meeting, um, the builders showed up with our barn. And it, it look, it's a metal barn, so it looks like a giant erector set on the back of their trailer. I mean, it does. It looks like an erector set. Yeah, uh, I remember when they brought mine, I was like, is that it? Like, <laughs> I, I thought it would be a bigger truck. To be honest, because uh, it barns thirty by forty eight, so that's not small, right? I mean, that's pretty I good size. Know. But yeah, so the other thing is the office for this company sent these poor guys to our house address. Now we had given them the property address, but they went to our house. That's an hour away. Oops. So he calls us, and we live in a neighborhood. So he had this truck in the neighborhood, and he's going, I can't see where we're going to build a barn in your backyard. And I mean, our backyard's at the postage stamp. And I said, yeah, where are you? And he gave me the address. I said, you're at our house. They sent you the wrong place. He's like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) In his best Spanish. Um, So they're here now, and if you hear banging and crashing, that's because they're putting our barn together. Yay, uh, totally worth it. Let's see how it goes. I don't know. Last night's been interesting for a lot of people around the country. Uh, I know it's cold. We've got it in the 20s here. Uh, how about you? Look, it <laughs> was so nice yesterday. It got all the way up to 22. Oh, it was amazing. Heat wave. Actually get above freezing today. But I mean, I feel like I've been under house arrest. I, it's just been awful. Like, it's been... I mean, like in the negative 10 with the wind chill and even worse, I, I woke up yesterday and it was one, one, one. <laughs> I got to tell you, it lives like that. and you're not even the worst. I mean, <laughs> some of these people had snow and a cold, all of that together. I, I'm feeling yeah, for everybody it. out there. Oh, I know. It sucks everywhere. It doesn't matter. Cold is cold. But man, I mean, we had a couple dustings of snow. School has been canceled, except for Lucas's school, which has been great. Because the roads are fine. It's just people's water pipes are freezing. Um, and my, uh, my automatic waters in the barn did not keep up. The pan was good, but the pipe 
pipes froze underground. So not much I can do about that. It's just been, it's been a uh, livestock nightmare is what it's called. So, um, yeah. And my, my blessed sister-in-law sent out this text complaining about how she was in an office and people kept opening the door near her. And I was like, I want to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> I, <laughs> love the post, I love the post. I love the post that Peggy did on uh, on the auditor page where she asked everybody to post uh, their barn fashion as they head out to feed in this weather. And I got to tell you, there's some interesting stuff people wear in the winter. Uh, you cobble together whatever you can right now, and Man. there was some interesting. I have to give uh, I have to give a credit though to Julia whose uh, horse husband was out there in a red onesie. So, oh, I love it. <laughs> good job. <laughs> well done. Oh, anyway, we have a show to do. Let's get to some Daily Winnies. Well, happy birthday to Libby Cluett and Zoe Coppolis. Happy birthday to both of you, and welcome new auditors, Sue and Sam. Welcome. If you guys haven't asked to join the auditor room yet, just search for HRN Auditors on Facebook, and we'll let you in, and we thank you for your support. We really, we really do appreciate it. Um, my daily winnie goes out to all of you sweet angels who tried to come up with a name for this little pony that I bought. Update on the pony. The veterinarian is coming out today. She's super excited to meet, uh, meet the, meet the pony. He is, I, I sticked him, farm boy got back in town. So we sticked him yesterday and he stands at 13.3. I guessed it. Oh, he has a spot. hand over scooter. He's a hand taller he, than scooter. Yes. Thank God. He He's big enough for me to ride. So that's good. Uh, Precious Magic Gallop Jennings, the old Mustang pony I started was 12.2. So I'm like, mm, I looked ridiculous, but 12.3, I can get behind. Anyway, uh, everybody suggested names. And I'm going to run through some of them because, oh, my God, you guys are so good at naming things like I don't. I, and, and the thing is, y'all sent these names in and I want backstory as to why some of them came up with it. But we had names like Checkers, Storytime, Groot, Kismet, Sylvester, Reginald, Rocket, Moondance, Madison, Lucky, Pinto Bean, which, by the way, we came really close to the Pinto word bean. bean but I like Pinto Bean. I know. But you know what we call beans in this house? What? Testicles. So. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't call him beat. Uh, <laughs> Scout, Cowboy, uh, Ryan, Fergie, Rocket, Wade, Norman, Angus, Jellybean, Bongo, Finn, Spot, Teddy, Peter Parker, Gus, Tejas, Ranger, Captain Hook, Artie, P- uh, Banjo, Hank, and Chance, and then the two finalists. Well, the one that I liked the most was the the name Goose. I was like, that is a great name for a pony. We already have Mavericks, and we'd have Maverick and Goose. Oh, yeah, you'd, you'd have the whole movie right on your farm. But I've always had this thing where I feel like ponies need to be named after food. And I just, I don't know why. They, I went like, Muppets, but that's okay. Chocolate chip. I, I you know, like the ponies, like guinea pigs, need food names. I don't know why. But I, I just mentioned that to Chad. And he came down and saw the pony yesterday. And as much as I love all your suggestions, y'all know the rules. If we let the husband name the horse... Then the husband will like the horse 
And then we will be uh, greenlit to do whatever we want with said pony or horse. So the name that Chad came up with after, and he read through all of them. And I think there was some rhyming things that he kind of played with. And um, pony's name is now taco. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, once he said taco, I was like, yeah, I see that. I guess see that I can see taco. So taco is now in the barn. And I mean, I had cool. I was like, his show name is going to be talk to me goose. Like it's going to be like a whole thing. Uh, Chad's like, no, his name is taco. (laughs) So y'all know the rules. (laughs) We just have to live by the names. You can spell it and say it. So that's good. I know everybody knows what a taco is. And somebody, I I mentioned it and somebody said, I'll never turn down a taco. (laughs) (laughs) So So, now taco Tuesday has a new meaning. Oh my God. There's a show name right there. Glenn (laughs) taco Taco Tuesday. I love that. That's perfect. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. Now he's got a show name. I was thinking we got to come up with something with taco taco Tuesday. Duh. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, Glenn. So basically the two guys in your life have helped you name the horse. You know what? Maybe I'll cancel that if you're going to take too much credit for it. His name is Taco Wednesday now. (laughs) Well, IVQ is a free app for equestrians and is breaking down barriers and making the sport more accessible to everyone. The app connects riders with local opportunities such as riding lessons, horse leasing, and equestrian jobs. This really is one of the most comprehensive apps that we have seen. Uh, go check it out today if you haven't already. Sign up. It's free to sign up and free to use it. It's LiveEQ. That's L-I-V-E-E-Q dot com. All right, next up, or first up today, we have Cade Bartlett, who's going to join us to talk about this breed that we mentioned before that we hope we're even saying right. But I don't know nothing about it, so we're going to learn about the North American. This is where you jump in and say the word. Oh, hold on. I got to get to the North American Destrier. Destrier. I mean, it could be Destrier. I don't know. Well, let's find out. Well, hi, Cade. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you. Where are you located, Cade? Uh, Wallowa, Oregon. It's the far northeast corner of Oregon, about two hours from the Idaho border. Oh, it's nice and sunny there then, uh, and warm. Hot. Uh, yeah. Hot. Been, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> everything, everything you said, the polar opposite. No <laughs> Literally, the polar opposite. <laughs> Cade, tell our right, first of all. Pronounce the name of this breed for us, and we'll see if we even got close. Okay, so it is currently a breed in development. We have not reached purebred status yet, uh, but it is the North American Destrier. Destrier. Now, am I right? I used to do work at the Renaissance Fairs, and I owned an acting company that did medieval feasts for years. The Destrier, wasn't that the horse that the knights rode? Isn't that what they called them? That is correct. Oh, wow. um, okay. Our 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 we were paying ho- we are paying homage to the history of what the Destrier was, uh, but we are recreating a a, a, a modern version. Um, and with that, we've compiled different breeds um, in in order to create that. So why? This is the question. <laughs> 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 so there's been there has been uh there was a few years back um there was a move to create the uh drum horse right and the drum horse was uh, uh 
bred uh, for the sole purpose of carrying the large kettle drums in the cavalry. Um, and the move that was made here in the States was to have a more athletic draft. Now, a lot of people don't realize that before, uh, the international drum horse association, there was the gypsy cob and drum horse association. Um, now the gypsy cob and drum horse association years ago, um, had one key component that is now different than the drum horse of today. And that is that they allowed the inclusion of Frisian blood. Um, when IDHA uh, was founded and took over, they removed the Frisian blood. Um, so we, when we branched off and started our own registry, and I had decided that I wanted to develop a more athletic, refined uh, riding horse, but still maintain draft appearance, um, we decided as a board that we would go ahead and use the three, uh, 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 founding breeds that the drum horses were using at the time, which was Shire, Clydesdale, and Gypsy, uh, Vanner. Um, but we would bring back in Frisian and because our horses are vastly different in type, um, and have that, that refinement and the elegance that the Frisian brings in, we found that our horses met more of a type of a destrier than they did a drum. And so that is when the North American Destrier Horse Registry was founded in November of last year. So if we go back in time to the Knights, uh, we, you know, we all think that they were riding these great big huge draft horses, but that wasn't the case, was it? No, no. And most people uh, don't realize that ho- the average height of a horse in that time was 14 to 15 hands. Um, the the larger the horse, yes, as more intimidating, but more cumbersome. Uh, the larger horses were used for farm work, um, pulling carts, uh, trade. Um, and so, yes, the 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 fifteen to fourteen to fifteen hands was average. Now our breed standard calls for a minimum of fifteen hands, but we do not have a height uh, requirement uh, for a maximum. So what what, we, what you're basically trying to get is a more athletic draft horse, as I'm understanding. Yes, it. yeah, yeah, and that's and that's why we that's why we uh, uh, brought in the Frisians. Now are there. Sh- I mean, are you looking at doing shows specifically for these horses? What are you looking at doing with the breed? Yes, so we will actually be putting on some virtual shows this year. Um, the traditional Gypsy Cobb Association is based in the UK. Um, there is going to be a, an in-person show in August uh, here in Oregon where there will be destrier classes. Um, we, uh, we plan on putting on another TGCA sponsored show, um, back East, uh, as well. Um, so there will be shows for them. Now they will show in a different class than drum horses, um, based because of the type being different. Um, but yes, there will be opportunities for people to show. And, uh, we've had, we've had quite a, uh, following of people, as you mentioned, that are doing the Renaissance uh, reenactments. So your look, I mean, when I'm on your website, basically we're talking, I mean, because of the different uh, breeds that are you're putting together to make this, the horses all look a little bit different. There's not like a standard black horse or that kind of thing. 
Right. And because this is going to take so long for this to uh, reach purebred status, because we're following the filial uh, system the way it was designed um, when it was created um, What's so that many mean, years by the ago. Way, filial? So it's the F generation system. And when you're doing breed development, um, when you take a, uh, say, hypothetically, I take a gypsy vanner and I cross it to a Frisian. That resulting offspring is what's called an F1 because each parent um, is an F0. They're the starting base. So when I blend those genetics, I get an F1. Now, if I take an F1 and I breed it to another F1, I get an F2. And you work your way up. um, And once we get into the F4s, F5s, and F6s, we're getting to purebred status. But because we all know how long it takes to produce a horse and grow a horse out uh, to where it can reproduce, this this will take quite some time. And so as we're in the beginning phases of this breed development, we are going to see variation in type um, until people start breeding selectively for type based off the breed standard. Um, and we start producing more animals that meet that breed standard. Boy, this is a long process, isn't it? This is a long yeah. con, man. <laughs> it, you know, it is. It's a very drawn out process. It's a very long process, but it, the thing that I found interesting is it seems that our ancestors and people of the past who created the Shires, who created the Clydesdales, who created the Gypsy Vanners, um, I'm sure they were called crazy back then as well. But look at us hundreds of years down the road now, and we have these breeds. And I think it's, I think it's awesome to now in this century work on developing another breed that maybe a hundred years from now somebody else gets to enjoy. Well, that is cool. That is cool. And you know, I, you know, I love the, I love the idea of this. I'm a draft horse guy too. I'm a draft horse and a pony guy. So, um, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at the pictures and when I t- uh, took a look at your website, I kind of got it. And also a Renaissance guy, right? So I kind of got it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got where you were going with it. Um, and then you add the gypsy in, and then you're going to get color. I mean, you're going to add some color into it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. This is pretty cool. How many do you think, how many people are working on the project? How many breeders? Um, I believe, I oh, I believe we have about 15 breeders that are working towards creating North American destriers at this time. And do you have some? Oh, I do. Yes. I have a, I have an F2 stallion. I have a F2, uh, Philly and I have a F2 mare or excuse me, an F1 mare. Uh, the F1 mare will be bred to the F2 stallion, uh, this year and that'll produce an F2 full, um, and then we have a, another full that will be an F2 reserved uh, that we will bring in next year. Very cool. Well, good luck with this. I, you know, I don't know that we've ever talked to anybody that was at the beginning stages of this process, so it's interesting to learn how it all works. Uh, good luck with it. And, and are you a knight, by the way? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Glenn, in it his sounds, heart, he is. He sounds okay. like he needs in my, a suit of armor. In my heart of hearts, I am. I am. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like you do need a suit of armor. I mean, you got to have one laying around. To do you know, this. somebody said that I needed to get, I needed to get full, full attire and, uh, have a photo shoot with my horses. You do? Uh, in all the garb. You so do? That'd be I perfect was, for your website, right? 
be perfect. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. That only cost you about more than one horse, but you know, who's who worth it? Yeah, who's worrying about money at this point? <laughs> oh, I know. Right. <laughs> yep. At this point, I think, you know, and that's what you know. Uh, my my grandpa told me one time. He said, "Do you know how to make a small fortune raising horses?" And I said, "No." He said, "Well, you have to start, start with, with a large fortune." That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kate, thank you and good luck. The website is nadhr dot org. Nadhr dot org. We'll put a link to it in our show notes if you want to head over there and check out the pretty horses. Thanks, Kate. Okay, thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. There you go, brand new registry. I I didn't know how all that worked. It takes a long time. I mean, that's a long time. Like, I hope he's young. <laughs> hope he's young. Yeah, I know. You got to be committed to that. All right, Stateline Tech is its sponsor of today's show, and I'm heading over there right now, and guess what the top banner says? Cold weather uh, essentials. Winter weather yeah, gear. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly what it says. And when I go there, I find, let's see here, I am finding six pages of blankets and sheets and cold weather boots. What what uh, cold are what boots are you using currently? Um, I mean, I have for like the extreme weather. I have the dry shod haymakers. Do you like those? Which yeah. are oh my god, I love them so much. I mean, I've had them five years. We found those at a trade show when they first started, if I remember right. Yeah, and yeah. I did a review. Hopefully, they buy ads, but I guess I didn't do a good enough review. But, but five years later, <laughs> I still have the boots. So, well, you can find all kinds of uh, people boots, horse boots, uh, blankets, sheets. Uh, a lot of it uh, is on sale over right now at uh, the Cold Weather Store at StatelineTech.com. And God, you know, I did read a report that right now retailers are selling more blankets this year than they have in the past, like, five years. Uh, blankets are selling. I wonder why. And also, they have heated buckets, and uh, they have the th- heaters you put in buckets. They have everything. Uh, so head on over right now to StatelineTech.com for all your winter needs. Needs. And I can imagine there's a lot of blankets right now being torn to shreds. No. <laughs> this Horse Health Report is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Dr. Christy Grand's going to be back with us, hopefully. Hopefully she's, keep your fingers crossed, to talk about foaling season. Well, we've got her this time. I would like to welcome Dr. Christy Grand to the show to talk about foaling season. Christy, where are you coming uh, to us from? Uh, I am at Colney and Coons Equine Hospital in Columbia City, Indiana. Ooh, that's a beautiful place to deliver babies in the winter. Whew, sounds yeah, fun. No kidding. <laughs> it's pretty cold. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, now, uh, do you find that on the worst stormy nights that the, the, that's when the mares have the babies? Uh, I don't know that there's scientific proof that that happens. But, yes, I feel like weather changes definitely uh, push things along. Yeah. Or maybe it's just that we feel like it's the most inconvenient <laughs> time. That's what happens. Yeah, that could be true. Could be true. Well, hey, we're here to talk to you about foaling season. I have had three foals, and um, I'm never doing that again. I said that last <laughs> time, but for real this time, I really mean it. It is such a challenge, and it's so um, it can be so daunting um, and difficult. But let's get started talking kind of about the the beginning of of having a baby. I'm assuming you're here to talk about the actual delivery day. 
Sure. I mean, I'll talk about anything. Yeah. <laughs> but, but sure. <laughs> yep. The delivery day is probably one of the most important places to start for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've noticed her mare is getting close. She's given us a telltale signs. We've started to milk her out and do the little, do you use those milk test strips? Yep. So we use, um, we actually use pool test strips, but they are basically looking at calcium and pH changes right before they are ready to go. So even the pool ones are the exact same, the ones you use for your pool are the exact same ones that you can spend 10 times the amount of and buy online for your horse. Uh, they're not the exact same ones, but they work, um, pretty well, especially if you can't get your hands on the other one. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. So it's time we've got the stall bedded. We're waiting in the barn at night and the baby starts to come talk to me goose. (laughs) So the biggest thing that I tell people is, um, you got to know who to call and call fast. So the big thing or the big difference between mares and humans is that mares go super fast. They have explosive labors and even 30 minutes can be too long for that baby to be stuck in the birth canal. Um, so obviously in a perfect world, um, every birth would be attended. Obviously there are plenty of mares that fall out without, um, a human being present and do just fine. Um, but to minimize possible catastrophes, obviously having a human there is very, very helpful. Um, and a lot of it is really just knowing what to look for. So nature is amazing and has created animals that know what they're doing. And the majority of mares are going to fold just fine without help. Um, but if you know, um, what to look for as far as, you know, that you should be seeing two feet in a nose. Um, and if you're not seeing that, you need to figure out what is there so you can rearrange it if need be. Um, you need to know, um, that what you should see first is white or clear, not red, um, that you're not dealing with a red bag. Um, so a lot, usually what I tell people is most of it is a whole bunch of preparation for 10 minutes of, the mayor doing her thing and then you don't need any of that preparation after. But if you don't have that preparation, you can be in big trouble really quick. Um, So knowing who you're going to call, if there is problems and calling them sooner rather than later is the other deal. Um, Having transportation arranged if necessary, because dystocias, you know, when they have are having trouble delivering dystocias, a lot of times are best handled in a hospital setting uh, where you, we can put them under general anesthesia, use a hoist basically to help us, um, you know, lift their butt up in the air and get us some more room in there. So, you know, having your truck and trailer available and not frozen to the ground um, with, you know, out of gas, anything like that yeah. is very, very important. Um, and it's and then, important uh, to have, yeah, like you say, like dystocious, but also, you know, to know the mare and say, okay, is yeah. this a mare that does it pretty easy? Is this a mare that may have some trouble? This last fall yeah. that I had, I was heading out of town and I was like, you know, I just don't know if she, she tends to go about a week early. So I took her to this clinic. I even got back home and I was like, you know what? She's three days away. I am going to just leave her. And, yeah. um, and it's a place that checks them like, constantly and they yeah. they noticed one spot of blood on the inside of her ankle uh inside of her hawk pulled her in sticked her arm in there and they felt a shoulder so yeah. 
and he had told me the veterinarian there told me if, if she wasn't here, they'd all be dead. Um, yeah. And so sometimes it's best to, if you're not one who can handle things like clearly I'm not uh, to have, you know, even take them somewhere that, that does this take yeah. them to you. Yeah. And that, and you know, a great example, we have a mayor here at the clinic right now that um, has never had any problems having a baby, but they live 45 minutes away and they really don't want to get in trouble and be 45 minutes from help. Um, and so she's here a lot because there's, you know, weather and that kind of thing. And we also don't want to be traveling through that, but, um, yeah, that's a huge thing. If you're not comfortable, um, or experienced, or you're at all nervous about your mare, definitely seek out either a veterinary clinic or a breeding facility, somebody that, um, can help in regards to, you know, that actually deliver the actual delivery process. And right. sometimes it's worth putting the extra money into that than to have a disaster happen um, yeah. in the end. So, yep. So your baby's born, comes out, everything's fine. Nature does this job. Nobody needs to mess with it and interfere. What tell everybody what the one, two, three rule is. So one, two, three, we say uh, from the time that hit the ground, they should be, standing in an hour, nursing in two hours, and the placenta should be completely passed in three. There is definitely some wiggle room, but those are definitely the markers that we follow in regards to when to call your vet. Um, sometimes your vet will say, just sit it out for a little bit, um, depending on you know what the exact situation is. But in general, standing in an hour, nursing in two, and the placenta out in three. Okay. And it seemed very weird uh, to me uh, when I had the, the first bowl is don't throw that placenta away. You save it because your veterinarian is nope. going to want to look at it as gross yeah. as it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw it in an empty feed bag um, or a garbage bag or something, but we want to see it at that new full exam just to make sure that it's all there. Um, it's huge and there can be tears and that kind of thing in it. So we just want to make sure that there's nothing left behind. Um, it also can give us a um, indicator that we need to watch this full close for any problems in the you know first 24 to 72 hours, um, depending on you know any evidence of placentitis or other infections or anything like that. Gotcha. Now, I think one of the the common issues that, that arise later in the foal's life, if you can call it an issue, is when people, they see the baby and they want to go and snuggle and kiss it and touch it and rub it and love it. Now, some people call that imprinting. Some people call that overly overly handling the horse. What do, what do you encourage people to do when their foal is born? So I am more of a hands-off, like let nature do its thing. Um, I do think it's important to establish boundaries right off the bat with these bowls. Um, you know, we're in a unique situation in a hospital setting where we are handling these bowls quite a lot because we're doing lots of things to them. Um, but we need the mom to establish dominance over that baby and teach that baby proper manners um, and how to handle itself around humans and when to be scared and not scared and, and that kind of thing. So yes, getting in there and, you know, touching its feet and making sure that it is comfortable with a human is great, but we shouldn't be so on top of it that it thinks, you know, we're an equal or um, we're the mother. 
and and one of the ways to think about it is, you know, it's all cute and cuddly when it's 50 pounds, but when it's a thousand pounds and it thinks that it's your play, your it's playmate, we could be in huge trouble getting people hurt. So we have to establish those boundaries early um, that we're, we love them and we're in charge of them, but they can't run us all over. Give me some space. Yeah. So I yeah. story about that is I was at a place where they had had a mini full and they'd never had a mini full before. And the little girl, the teenager taught it was when she slaps the lap, the mini full comes running over and like dives on the ground and kind of rolls over like a dog. Yeah. And I was like, that's so cute right now. But what about when that yeah. mini is 500 pounds and thinks it yeah. should run over and kick its feet up in your face? Like, so yeah, make good decisions, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, also, before we let you go, give me some uh, cold weather foaling tips because this is the, oh, I mean, man. they never have them on beautiful sunny days. I mean, we no. don't design it like that. So what can we do to, to help everybody? No, they don't. The So the big thing is to make sure that they, they're in a place that is out of the wind um, and out of the elements. So um, a closed barn with decent ventilation is great. Nice deep bedding, um, shavings or straw. I think people go back and forth on what the best for babies is, but um, a nice bedded, clean, dry stall uh, out of the wind will do just fine for them on the super, super frigid days you know, getting in there and, you know, giving the mare a chance to clean her off or clean the baby off, but also maybe helping her dry off a little quicker and getting a blanket on them is fine. Um, but you'll be surprised even on the frigid days, how warm a stall can be out of the wind. Um, especially if you've got multiple horses in that barn, you know, sometimes people will put up, um, heating lamps or that kind of thing, um, I think sometimes we don't give them as much credit as uh, nature has given them. Uh, they tend to do pretty well as long as we can get them dry and, and you know, again, a, a bedded stall that they can huddle under um, and huddle yeah. with mom. I mean, it's so interesting, too, like just in the same area. So I have a friend that delivers a bunch of foals and she likes to have it done out in her field. She feels like it's a yep. cleaner open space. Uh, but if yep. I did that here, I would have to worry about coyotes, you know, and so yeah. you've got to kind of like know your location, I would think, as, yeah. as far as that, like what's around you. Yeah. And it, it's very much a pick your battles situation, too, because, yes, a nice, you know, field is beautiful and clean and they can get out of the piles of manure and that kind of thing. But you're right. You know, if it's freezing cold or if there's predators or anything like that, you got to fight that too. So take your battles, make sure they're clean, dry, um, and can at least get somewhere that they're not being rained on or anything of that nature. Well, Dr. Grant, it has been a pleasure having you on talking about this. It's, 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 it's exciting and it's scary, but it's rewarding at the same time. And thank you for, for doing what you do. I mean, I know there's a shortage of veterinarians in the world right now, and we appreciate you being one and coming on to talk to us about this. Absolutely. Anytime. Where can people go and learn more about your clinic? So we are at Conley. Uh, sorry, Conley and Coons Equine Hospital. So ckequinehospital.com. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And our young vets are working on a TikTok page, I hear, too. I'll have you modern <laughs> yeah, in no exactly. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. Thanks, Dr. Grant. Have a great one. 
You're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. This is make you want to have a baby again, Jamie? No. No. <laughs> Not after the last experience. Yeah. I'm still recovering financially from that one. Yeah, but you she's also, in a good place. And I mean, you had about well. every problem there, you know, almost everyone you could deal with right there. Like from the beginning. Yeah. From like... I mean, so she was born sideways, came out, and then uh, got a laceration from the stall, like hit herself in the stall and got a huge rub on her side. Then she had to be bandaged for that. Then she got epiphysitis, and then she broke her knee. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and Why? thankfully, that's the one with Celeste right now, our listener, Yes, right? yeah. our listener, Celeste. She knows she's not going to be rideable, but she's bred to the hilt, man, so <laughs> she should be good to go. All right. That's great. Well, uh, this segment was brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. We're going to hear from them, and then we're going to come back with some weird news. Hanging out here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine horse feed formulas, Janet Geyer. And you might wonder, whenever I get my horse feed delivered to my door in Maryland or Texas or California or Missouri, am I getting the same horse feed? And the answer is... The answer is that it is always the same formula, always the same horse feed. We don't change ingredients. Uh, we are a fixed formula feed mill. Well, it's time for some weird news, and I got to Can I start? Can I start? Can I start? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't usually do weird news, but this is a follow-up to your weird news story from last week. You talked about the Virginia lady who went shopping at Goodwill, bought this vase for like $3, and then ended up getting it appraised and selling it for a hundred grand. Remember that one? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, first of all, I got to see a picture of the vase. It's one ugly piece of, piece it's of glass. Just gar- <laughs> like, I wouldn't have even bought it if I was looking for a vase. <laughs> I know. It doesn't even, it looks more like a bottle than a vase. I didn't get it. Yeah. But I don't know why it was so expensive. I didn't read that part. But turns out she's a horse girl. She's a horse trainer. Uh, love it. <laughs> so we know who's not getting the money, her husband. We know who is and getting money. Anybody the else, horses. the horses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny that she was a horse trainer and it was one ugly vase. <laughs> Shows you what taste we have. Yep. All right. Exactly. That's my follow-up. That's my contribution for this week's Weird News. Okay, you can hit the music then. I, I don't have it. Oh, okay. Sorry. There's no music today. I'm remote and I don't have Oh, that. that's right. You're in the back of your horse trailer. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Well, I have a follow-up to a, your weird news story that oh. you gave a while ago. Remember you talked about that dog who was like the oldest dog ever? Oh, yeah. yeah it was uh, yeah. in Portugal. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be like almost 31 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You Don't you bring your trash and your false, your fake news oh, no. onto this podcast anymore. <laughs> there is a big problem with this. Doubts have been raised over whether he really was the oldest canine ever. Um, the Portuguese government apparently logs dogs, but they didn't start logging dog ages until like a couple years ago. And so they kind of were like, yeah, he's this old. And his name is Bobby. And skeptics have been looking through pictures of Bobby in his youth versus in his senior years, which, by the way, he has like no gray hair in these older photos. It's kind of weird. But apparently in his youth, he had white paws. And in his older age, 
He had brown paws. Oh, they change with time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just like horses, they change color. They get darker, typically. Wasn't Um, this a Guinness thing, too? Yes. Guinness World Records is withdrawing its title until the investigation (laughs) is completed. They're investigating. (laughs) They got tricked. Um they, the the publication said it appears his old age may have instead been due to slack effect checking. <laughs> Somebody got fired. How desperate do you want attention that you make this all up? You know, and the oldest dog, I think, was Spike, and it was a Chihuahua. And I think he was like 20, 18 years old, 20, 22 or something like that. And they came up with this dog is 31. Like, you just threw a big red flag. Out like you could have said twenty one and a half. You know, no, we have to go with he's thirty one. Come on, give me a break. Anyway, drama has is unfolding in the offices of the Guinness World Records books, and the representatives are uh, well. They said all this. We are reviewing how we verify animal age records at the moment. So instead of reinstating Spike as the record holder, we are going to discuss the possibility of arranging for a second veterinarian to assess Spike. That's the second place one because all Bobby in Portugal, he's out. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine record keeping is not really great at some of these places either. Plus, you don't get a birth certificate with your dog if it's not a registered yeah. breed. Well, and that's the problem with Spike, as she found him in a parking lot when he was already grown. Oh, she so has no idea how old he is. <laughs> she doesn't know. They don't know about the Portugal dog. Like, we can't do none, teeth with dogs, right? We can't look at their teeth. To- Nothing's adding. Well, they looked at my puppy and knew that she was eight weeks old because she had her eight-week-old teeth came in. But I think once they're in, they're in. Yeah, they don't get they, little lines on them like the horses. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not typically. All right. All next. Right. Uh, here, next. Uh, you want me to? I could drum or something in between. Uh, no, it's good. Please okay. don't. Uh, right. So the next story comes from where you're going to go to Divide, Colorado. The town of Divide, Colorado, for the past 12 years, has elected an animal as its mayor. It is a part of a long-running campaign hosted by the Regional County Animal Shelter. To vote for a mayor, you go on and it's $2 to to place a vote. And they've raised thousands and they've saved thousands of animals and they're really great. But um, the current mayor is, I mean, his time has run out. His name is Clyde. And he's uh, he's a donkey. And Clyde the donkey has, is stepping down as the current mayor. And by the way, he's super cute. Like, there's a video. Oh, my God. He's like one of those giant donkeys that's, like, super fuzzy. Oh, adorable. The jokes write themselves. So we had an ass as a mayor. I kind of feel yes. like we have a lot of those in Congress, too. I think that they're now going away from the ass because in the current election, that is, uh, they're taking animals' names. You can fill out an application. They're due by January 31st. And officials say that so far, the current field for the town's upcoming mayoral election consists of three dogs. They only had one ass in town. (laughs) Big big news. Yeah. Only one ass. They're tired of the ass. (laughs) Gotta move on. All right. Next story. It seems weird to not have a bumper there. I Um, had some music, not other music. So we're we're gonna go to Lake Tahoe area, California, and um, there's a uh, 
woman, husband and wife that they were like, "Mm, there's something under our house. Like, we don't know what it is, but there's something under our house. So they climb under their house and look, and there's a bear under their house, a bear and making a home under their porch. That's probably not ideal. So they, okay, this is where stupid comes in. They call a handyman. That's like, hey, handyman, we have a bear underneath our porch and we need you to fix it. That's stupid number one. Stupid number two is the handyman that showed up for this job. The handyman goes under the porch. (laughs) Find you. There's allegedly a bear under the porch. He goes under the, the, the house, looks around the crawl space with the flashlight. Ain't no bear here. Didn't see a bear. So he installs bear wires around the patio and the bottom of the house. And bear wires are to keep the bear, to prevent the bear from coming back and burrowing it into its Is little it den under the house. So like, I don't know. They don't have a picture of it, but I'm assuming like, I think no climb fencing. Kind yeah, of real thing. thick. Yeah. It's real th- bear proof. No climb. Uh, so uh, the bear, uh, unfortunately was still under the house. <laughs> So now, <laughs> now he can't get out. The handyman has trapped the bear. And he's really pissed. <laughs> and bear is not happy. So the owners decide at this point, we should probably call in a real professional who handles bears. And do you know what the professionals who handle bears are called in North Lake Tahoe? Bear California? Wranglers? The Bear League. Bear League. <laughs> the Bear League. They were summoned the to the jokes scene. Are just they, writing themselves. It's today. just too easy. It's like it's joke overload. Uh, they removed the wires temporarily so the bear could be urged to leave. At some point, I think they did get the bear out, but the the um, the post uh, says the moral of the story is: call the bear league if you think there's a bear under your house. Don't expect your handyman to crawl underneath and confront a bear face to face with no experience and no idea what to do. He probably shined around his flashlight, didn't see eyes, and just closed it up. Unfortunately, it was either probably breathing on his neck or asleep. So, well, isn't it? It's hibernation time. I can understand why they'd crawl yeah. under your house. It's warmer. Yeah, yeah. I did, but like I don't know. Don't I, if I was a handyman or but okay. Say my husband's a handyman and he comes in the kitchen. He's like, "Y'all gonna believe this? I just got a call to go look at it, see if I can find a bear underneath." The bear. You're a handyman. <laughs> You're a handyman for God's sake. You're not a bear wrangler. So, uh, yeah, that's a good time. Good time. The Bear League. That's how many. That's how often this happens. <laughs> call the Bear League. A lot. It happens. One eight hundred Bear League. <laughs> All right, last story. I saved this one just for you. Mm. Because we're going to go to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Where Australia, as we all know, are it's full of things that we don't want to see. I mean, really. uh, I mean, aside from the Hemsworth family, we don't want to see anything else that's there. uh, Because they have things that will kill you. And uh, a reptile wrangler, they have those plentiful i would assume in australia a reptile wrangler was called to an australian home because the mom oh so at some point this mother is doing her child's laundry and she's got it hanging up on a wire outside all of her son's clothes and she gathers all of the clothes off of the line they're all dry she takes them in she folds them and she puts them away 
Well, he's three, so she's going through the, thank God it was her. She's going through the, the she's in time to get your underwear, and she opens the top drawer where she found the second most venomous snake in the entire United States, yeah, or the in the entire world. Burn, it down. burn the whole the thing down. The five foot. <laughs> five foot eastern brown snake was in her three-year-old son's underwear drawer and they did determine that she at some point collected it off the line then folded uh, it and uh, stuffed it in the drawer herself herself glenn she did it she put it in her baby's room um oh so they they have video that is showing i'd never be it. right again i would never do laundry again this is the reason we don't hang stuff out in florida no you no. can't do it uh, yeah, and so there's video. Uh, I've watched the video. You can't watch the video. Okay, It'll be the worst video. thing ever. Uh, the, share the video showing the moment that they, they open the drawer, the Wrangler open the drawer in the boy's bedroom, and then there's a, I mean, this thing is big. How did she miss it when she most- was folding the clothes? How did it miss her? <laughs> How did it not bite her when she's like cramming children's underwear like into little balls and throwing it in the drawer? I don't know. But apparently the Wrangler said it hid in some clothes the mother brought in from the clothesline that ended up being placed in the drawer with the clothing. Okay. It I was know exactly removed. how this happened. She had the basket out there. She was taking the clothes off the line into the basket. It crawled into the basket. I No, he said that they like to be up on the t- higher line. So probably either it fell into the basket or she pulled it down into the basket. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There was a giant five foot Eastern brown snake in her hands at some point and it did not bite her. She just like it to be alive. And there you go. That is the uh, telltale sign. You what should about burn the your house poor child? But she, imagine she hadn't seen the snake and the child went to get its underwear out. I know there, there's so many things that could have happened that, that didn't, that they should be very lucky. But anyway, there you go. That's your we, weird news for the day. Oh, but I didn't thank everybody who sent it to me, by the way. Um, remember, if you are looking uh, in your news and you see a story, you're like, oh, that's super weird. Email it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line, just like Lorraine, Michelle, Kate, Colt, Ina, Sheena, Stephanie, and Claire all did. Thank you guys for submitting your weird news stories, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And in the post show, I have a news story that I want to talk to you about. That's a hell no from us horse husbands. A big hell no. A big hell no. It's coming up in the post show for the auditors. If you want to become an auditor, uh, like we had a couple, like Sue and Sam did today, go to horsesinthemorning.com, click on the auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the auditor group. Group. Well, we really appreciate you guys listening today. We'll have more shows for you this week. It's only Wednesday. We got a couple more for you. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for really bad ads. Believe it or not, after 14 years and tens of thousands of ads, we haven't run out. People are still writing bad ads. So we'll be doing that. <laughs> we'll be doing that on Friday. And people are still buying horses from those ads, Glenn. I know. Weird. <laughs> be safe. Be warm. We're thinking about all of you across the country. Spain Nerd Geld. I'll tell you about the weird thing in the post show that I'm going to have looked at on this pony. Taco the pony. All right, I don't have the post-show music, so understand that this is not for children. So um, there was this news story that just came out. They posted it in the auditor room, and I'm like, no. 
First of all, I don't think it's actually good for your horses. But it, this is a lady by the name of Kelly, Kelly Raleigh, who I, oh, hope, I almost read this one. Uh, who is almost who I hope is single. Um, she, says, <laughs> she is now. <laughs> <laughs> she says, "If you're cold, they're cold. Bring your pets inside." Yeah, that's true of dogs, but not your horses. She brought her. She lives in Nebraska. It was below zero temperatures, and she felt bad for the horses, so she brought them in the house, like for the whole day. On her hardwood floors, on her nice hardwood floors, there's a picture of two horses standing inside the house. And she says, well, she says they were a little scared when they first came in. Yeah, no crap. (laughs) Uh, They were a little scared, but she said they were willing to try to get out of the cold weather. No. The horses are made for this. What people don't realize, and this drive, we've covered this how many times in the show. What they see their horses covered in snow and they think that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's an insulating layer for the horses. That's actually a good thing. The snow's not melting. That's because there's air underneath and it's warm enough underneath there. Like they're, 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 I mean, I'm not going to see snow on my horses, but you know, snow's better than rain. So uh, it wasn't even raining there. What would, what would Chad say if you were, if you were going to do this? Into well, your new house? You know, I can't say that I haven't thought about it, but like, it doesn't even like the dogs inside. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that once in our lifetime, we had a horse in the house and it was my pony. And I'll tell you why I had pneumonia. I was sick for like weeks and I was on the couch. I didn't get off the couch for weeks and I was really sick and I didn't see my pony. I couldn't even get outside. I was that sick. Um, and Jennifer brought my pony in the house to say hi to me. So that's the one no. time we had a pony in the house. It was a very oh. old house. Didn't have nice wooden floors at all. So that's nice. No. Yeah. And that was Piper, the pony. Yeah, right? that's right. Piper came in the house and Piper was used to being inside. Piper actually did the, uh, the Easter church thing, you know, carrying Christ out of church. And they actually brought Piper up to the front to the altar and Christ got under the altar. And then they did the thing around town where, where, uh, he would carry Christ around town. So, yeah. Well, I had a pony named Piper as well growing up. I had two Shetland ponies, Peter and Piper. And uh, Piper, we had a, a porch that went around the back of the house. And my mom had a, she called it the solarium. Uh, it was like a parlor that attached off the back of the porch. And um, my parents don't listen to the post show, nor did they listen to the regular show. And also, um, statute of limitations. Uh, so I just was like, when am I ever going to get the chance again to bring a pony in the house? So I brought Piper in the house, just walked her around and then took her out. But it was just one of those things. Like I just had to, <laughs> I just wanted to do it. That's funny. So uh, you, what's going on with the, with the new horse? You said you, so um, obviously we don't know how old he is. Uh, so, I tried to age him with his teeth and he has in the corners of his mouth, huge cuts from harsh bits. And so when I bought that, remember they'd only had him for a couple weeks. Uh, remember they traded a meal for him three weeks ago and they were hog hunting on him and taking him to the thing. Anyway. Uh, so he had these huge cuts and he was like, you can't really put a bit in his mouth. Well, no kidding. No shit. Sherlock. Like his mouth is lacerated. So we're going to get that open today and I'm going to finally be able to see his teeth and age. I'm pretty good at aging horses by their teeth. Uh, so that's one thing. But the other thing is, cause everything, nothing can be normal. There is, I'm hearing a lot of noises. Sorry. Kind of that was around. me. That was me. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> There's only one other person here. Uh, the, he has this like the the base, the bottom, like where his throat is. 
halfway between his chest and his jaw, there's something lodged like under his skin. There's something in his neck. I don't know what it is. It feels like, like a, a bullet or something like a bullet or something. I'm sure it's not a bullet, but like a piece of wood. It's not sensitive. It's not hot. It seems old, it but they say it really hard. It's it's odd shaped. It's not round at all. It's like elongated. Oh, anyway, God, it's just who knows this, what you'll find in there. <laughs> oh, my God. So I told my vet, I was like, listen, um, like bring an x-ray machine or ultrasound or something. I don't know what you're going to have to do. So probably I'm, she's going to be like, we have to get this out. I'm going to do some like $900 surgery on this freaking pony. (laughs) There is not squishy. It's hard. It's like, there's like a rock in his neck, but it's, it's just under the skin. Like it's not in his trachea, hopefully. Um, but it's just a weird lump and I've just never felt a lump midway between like if you were you know scratching your horse where you take their blanket off and you went halfway up their neck like from the chest like of the bottom of their neck uh and the, the like throat area i don't know it's weird it's weird i've never seen it before and so uh that's what we're gonna investigate again today it should be fun you no know, this one was uh not real friendly uh have you did you do join up or did you do anything with them? I haven't been able to do anything with it because the ground has been so frozen. Yeah. Um, but it now will let me catch it. So it's now learned that I'm not terrible and that I'm pretty nice. Um, but he's so skinny. I did not realize how skinny he was because all, all, all the pictures and videos I saw of him, he was wearing a Western saddle. So Which probably like, covered 90% of his body. It did. Yes. It did, Glenn. And then the guy who's sitting on him was like six two, you know, on this thirteen three hand pony. Uh, so I, I, you can feel every rib, you know, once you pu- punch through the the thick coat, you know, it's like you can feel every rib going down. Um, and then you know, I, I just wanted to get something that was going to be easy to like retrain, and that that doesn't happen for me. But this is probably better for me anyway uh so farm boy gonna, will not be riding this one no farm boy is not <laughs> but he did he did come out yesterday and meet him uh so we are moving forward i was able to pick up all his feet uh i was able to he, he just stands like he's just scared to death like i'm just gonna like stand here and pretend you're not here and maybe he'll go away like please don't hurt me um but i did get some licking and chewing as i rubbed him and i groomed him and i picked up his feet and i loved on him and I, you just can't touch his face like putting a halter on you would think i'm twisting an ear you know he's just not happy with anything that is being done to him so and we're today gonna get is him the that'll be fun I told her, I said, I'm not doing anything till he's sedated because he hates humans enough. I want him to not be conscious <laughs> when we're cranking his mouth open, investigating his cheeks and his teeth and his thing on his neck. Like, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But it's around one o'clock today. So uh, it's supposed to be uh, around 40. So that'll be. Oh, really nice. be, it is a heat wave. Mm-hmm. You'll be out there in short sleeves. I know. I'm in a T-shirt. So let me give you a report on what's going on here. Um, I'm going to stand up. Uh, it looks like they are putting the erector set together. Uh, there's a lot of metal oh, parts. Cool. There's roofing cool. uh, parts. There's other do parts. Do these guys work for the company that, that sent it? Or do know. they are they like contracted to do it? Because I what I realized with uh, like the Morton barn, Morton's in its own people. So they knew what they were doing in and I out. I think but these people when I had the waters, work for the company. I do. 
That's yeah. good because I got charged per hour for plumbing and these plumbers had never installed a Nelson water. So I basically paid them to sit on their butt and read instructions. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that sucks. I'll tell you what else is going on. So when we bought this lot, uh, there's there's neighbors on one side that have a house and everything. And on the other side was an empty lot. And we thought, well, you know, they probably won't sell that for a long time. And we'll just have woods beside us on one side. Well, That'd sure enough, nice. sure enough, they saw how much we paid the owners of that lot who've owned it for 30 years and done nothing with it and said, well, we'll put ours up for sale and see if we can get that kind of money for it. And they did, and it sold. And I did talk to the people who bought it the other day. They're, they're a couple in their late 60s with two horses. So, I mean, that's all okay. But, that, of course, they have to clear the lot. So our beautiful trees on one side are going to be gone. And today they showed up with the machine to start doing that. So uh, have you seen those machines that there are on, are, they're on the front of bobcats? And there's these big wheels that basically churn and eat up any trees in their way. They instead of cutting the trees down or pushing them over with the bulldozer, they just eat them. I mean, chew them up. Yeah, and that's what they're using out there. It is fun to watch wow. them do that, but our our wooded view is going away. So sad. <sighs> Hopefully, they'll be living next to nudists. That'll be fine. <laughs> Late sixties, no kids. Um, I'm going to vote no on that one. Oh yeah, they're yeah. totally nudists. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, oh, can't believe I'm moving nice naked people. Plant some more trees. I'm voting no on that one. <laughs> so, uh, so it was pretty chilly here last night, but nothing like uh, everywhere else. But I mean, when we get into the twenties in Florida, that's pretty cold. That's uh... so. At one point yesterday, it was twenty-one in the Panhandle and almost eighty-five in Miami. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> in one state, there was that much of a difference. It's crazy. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to go see what's going on out there, and uh, we'll be back here. I'll probably still be here on Friday, and uh, we'll be do some really bad ads. I can't remember what tomorrow's show is, but we did record a Horse Husbands. Next week, we will have a Horse husband show for you, so you can look forward to that. We had a lot of fun with a couple of Horse Husbands, including one of our auditors. He was a great guy. Uh, served in three different branches of the military, so we'll have a brand new Horse Husbands for you next week. Yay! That's it, everybody. I don't have music, so we're just going to say bye. Bye!